Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Did you have anything else, Rocky? That was it. I just, I just All right, no, that was enough. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. I wanted him to feel like he was enough. You are enough. I was just asking if he had anything else. If the answer's no, I didn't want him to think that that was like, you know, Leaving people disappointed. Rocky, I know how you feel. Rocky, you're enough, and so are you, Dibs. And that is enough out of you. <laughs> totally. Mark, did I lose you? Yeah. <laughs> now nah, you never uh, had no. me in the first place. Totally. Rocky, I got you, dog. You're on Team Dibs. <laughs> shut down all over the place. I'm a shut down corner. What can totally. I say? Um, I didn't mention this a few minutes ago. It came out uh, a little bit ago. But uh, this is interesting Warriors news to throw at you. We'll have our conversation with Peter King here in about five minutes. Uh, But indeed, and this was, um, I think, predicted by many when Corey Joseph got traded. But that roster spot is going to go to uh, Lester Quinones in the form of a full standard NBA contract. The Warriors are converting Lester Quinones from a two-way to a full standard NBA contract. So Quinones... He's averaging just under five points per game so far this season. Most improved player in the G League last year. Congratulations. You're a Warriors. It's awesome. Yeah. Get that guaranteed money and a chance to show out for the rest of the year and not have to worry about the uh, the back and forth, the yo-yoing it. You can't play with my yo-yo. You can't play with my any, yo-yo. Anymore for Lester. That's awesome. It's awesome. He's played well when he's yeah. been up here. Yeah. He'll knock, he'll knock a shot down. He's not scared. No. And not scared. I like that in a young player. I look forward to tomorrow getting a little bit deeper into the Warriors and where they sit heading down the stretch and second half. And I mean, second half, they've yeah. got, you know, about a third of the year left, a little bit more than that. But felt like they had some good momentum going into the All Star break and now coming out. Some winnable games, some tough games. And a lot to prove for certain Warriors, including Clay Thompson. Yeah, um, and we can get to some, I guess this is Warriors content, um, coming up a little bit later in the show, maybe right before we get out of here. We can play with it a little bit more tomorrow as well. Um, but I, I think I'm ready to join you. I think I'm ready to join you. You're welcome to, because yeah. I've been here for about, you, maybe about 10 years you, or so. You have, and I like the guy, um, just because... First of all, I think he's funny, and I don't take him too seriously. Um, And also, I think that in the experiences that we've all had in the sports media through the years, I think largely he's a caricature, and he does treat people, when cameras are not looking, he treats people well. And that's, for me, what usually goes the furthest, okay? And we're talking about Charles Barkley. But... As has been established a number of times already on this show, I am not one to sit by idly and laugh off the way the world right now is talking about San Francisco when they're talking out their wahoo. And this thing gets super misunderstood because then people will flood my timeline with pictures of how San Francisco is is struggling. And every picture that you share with me is a picture that you could have taken in any major city. Right. So it's not to say that everything is going well in San Francisco. I don't know if you've looked around planet Earth, but things are not going great almost everywhere is how it kind of feels right now. And so, listen, I don't want to get into all the political stuff, um, especially not right now, but um, but Charles Barkley taking shots at, uh, at the city of San Francisco and talking about homeless criminals taking over the streets on national broadcasts on TNT is, is flat out, let me be clear, not funny. Like, that's not funny. He's not trying to be funny, which to me well, is... It sounded like he's trying to be funny. 
I, I mean, he's always trying to be funny. That show right. is always trying to be funny. Right, but you don't say something like that when you're trying to be funny. You're trying to be a jerk, and you're trying to be inflammatory, and he hates the city. He hates the Warriors, mm-hmm. and he's always hated San Francisco. Wow. He had fans at uh, Thrive City throwing stuff at him. But he leans into it. Like I've always... Well, he didn't lean into it then. No, when they, He was starting to feel threatened. Well, right, but again, like I, th- I mean, he... People like that understand. It's like Colin Cowherd with Baker Mayfield. When you when you touch a nerve, and you do that for a living, you like, oh, I got something here. I'm under their skin. Okay, let's lean, let's play with this a little while yeah. because it turns into a thing. And it all started with the jump shooting team will never win a championship, and it was fun and it was playful. And now he's like gets to play the big villain role and gets all kinds of attention for it. And what like that's always been my vibe. I'm like whatever. He's having fun with it. Sometimes it crosses a line a little bit, upsets people. Um, This one for me, when we're having uh, this national debate and what the Giants have talked about and the way Fox News uses San Francisco as a prop and all in an election, all these things, it's like, dude, you know what I mean? I don't even care if you say it about San Francisco, but essentially like making fun of people with no home, I I'm out. You know what I mean? Like, come on. That's just like, that's just mean. Yeah, and he's that's patently just, wrong. Just, yeah, it's, he's wrong. Yeah. But I have no problem with an opinionist being wrong. I do have a problem with someone being mean. I have a problem with a guy who has a platform casting false aspersions about the city where I work and a place that I love. And it's damning to the reputation, and it certainly doesn't help. Farhan Zaidi and Major League Baseball's quest to get free agents here, when that idea continues to get perpetrated as, yes, it's his opinion, but he doesn't ever come here. And when he does, he certainly doesn't traverse the areas of the city that need the most help. And the guy is, you know, six foot five, 300 pounds. Is he really feeling that threatened? I don't buy it. And even uh, Draymond was firing back at him. We'll play the clip a little bit later. Yep. He's like, Chuck, you live in Philadelphia. And he's like, oh, actually, I live in Arizona. Well, there you go, Chuck. There you go. <laughs> there you go. When was the last time you actually went out into a real big city? Probably yeah. never. Yep, yep, yep. So All you right. don't know what you're talking about. We, we will. We'll play it in a little bit. But right now, I want to share with you our conversation with Peter King. And after we made sure that he was uh, feeling healthy, because he's been going through it, had pneumonia, double pneumonia, as he said, but he's feeling better. So we're Oh, like, you're so nice. Yeah, so now now that we know he's feeling okay, we're like, all right, uh, how are the Niners and their ego feeling? I think the way I look at this is, and look, I, I wrote a little bit about this in my column this week, that, um, and look, Kyle Shanahan obviously is not blameless in this loss. Um, I think that he probably wishes not that it mattered in the end, but he probably wishes he had spent a half hour at some point in the two weeks between the championship game and the Super Bowl that, you know, we probably, we have 900 meetings. We probably should have spent a half hour talking about the new overtime rules, you know, because obviously your players should know what the rules are. <clears throat> not that it ended up costing them, but it's just, just, Players should know that stuff. <clears throat> so there's that. But, you know, there are two reasons why I can't get too fired up about picking the ball to start overtime. And that is, you know, basically the first words out of his mouth in his post-game press conference, I think, were absolutely right. And some analytics people around the league agree with him. I want the ball third. And uh, you can make, you can talk about, well, you know, you should want the ball second and all that. And I get it. And Kansas City wanted the ball second. They would probably, if it was, if they uh, scored a touchdown to go behind by one point, they probably were going to go for two. Um, but when you haven't made a two point conversion play in the last 27 games, I'm not positive I'd be all that comfortable asking my offense to do that. But, hey, with Patrick Mahomes, all things are possible. The one other thing, and I'm sure you guys talked about it some, but I have not heard nearly enough, I believe, is that 
Look, the defense just played 11 plays right before the the coin flip to start overtime, and they had played 38 plays overall in the second half. That that probably was a tuckered out defense at that point. So there's that, and uh, and look, you know, we probably could talk about this, which is is the one other thing that. That look, we all are going to give credit to Steve Spagnolo for this, but I also think you have to give some blame to the 49ers for this. And that is that the Kansas City Chiefs, who led the NFL this year in an odd category, but a meaningful category, in unblocked blitzers unblocked guys coming through the line of scrimmage and nobody touching them. And I'm talking about Trent McDuffie uh, and, you know, and all that. And they had nine unblocked runs at Brock Purdy in this game. Nine, nine. That simply can't happen. And, you know, that's, uh, that's one of the reasons why, you know, look, nobody has gotten into uh, the draft or, or probably only a little bit into free agency yet. But the 49ers better do something about their line, particularly, in my opinion, the right side of their line. And you look at that now as we start to peer back at the Super Bowl and think about the future with franchise tags being available today. Is that the number one area of interest for you for the 49ers? Is it, is it shoring up that offensive line? It would be to me, and I understand everybody is interested, oh, what's going to happen to Brandon Ayuk and all that. And I look, they have a very good receiver core, I think, with a guy who has really emerged um, as a really tough clutch player in Juwan Jennings. Um, but that wouldn't be my biggest deal. You want to know, this is an interesting stat I figured out, okay, in the wake of this game. So 22 months ago, the Kansas City Chiefs traded Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. And in the preceding, uh, or in the succeeding two years, you know, in the 22 and 23 seasons, they won the Super Bowl each year. And in each year, they did not have a 1,000-yard wide receiver, and they did not have a 1,000-yard running back. So you look at it, obviously Kelsey was, I think, a 1,300-yard. Uh, it caught balls for 1,300 yards last year and 900-something this year. So obviously he makes a big difference. But what I'm saying is, I don't think it is absolutely rock-solid essential right now that you have two Pro Bowl wide receivers in order to advance or to win the Super Bowl. I just believe right now that the number one job of the Niners this offseason, and I understand I've heard the stuff about Joey Bosa. Hey, cool, get Joey Bosa if you can. I get it, all that, even though obviously he's an injury risk. But the biggest thing I think they have to do is I think they need one guard and one tackle, not only a tackle for this year, but a tackle for the future, depending on the future of of Trent Williams, who knows how much longer he plays. Okay, Peter, I I think everything you just said – there's a lot of sense in there. And I think a lot of 49er fans are probably nodding your head, their heads as you said it. But dot, 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 what does that mean for Brandon Ayuk? You know, I think the 49ers have some time to make that decision. Um, and I think that I wonder, this is what I wonder because I don't know. I've not talked to a soul in the organization since that night at the game. So... I can't answer the question about what they're thinking. But I think the biggest question I would ask him, because, look, he is at the point in his career where, because I always think this about great receivers. You see it now with Justin Jefferson, who obviously, uh, you know, on the surface, is the best receiver in football right now. And you're looking at him, and the Vikings are wondering, Listen, how possibly are we going to sign both Kirk Cousins and Justin Jefferson this offseason? One of those guys, in my opinion, 
I'm not saying they're, you know, that one of those guys isn't going to be there, but there's a decent chance that one of those guys isn't going to be there. But I think it's interesting in San Francisco. I think I would want to ask Brandon Ayuk, listen, we would like to try to run this back this year one time and then make our major decisions about our roster at the end of next year. And I think you have to ask Brandon Ayuk very simply, how do you feel about that? If he's negative about it, if he doesn't want to do it, and clearly because the quarterback is only going to make $985,000 next year, you probably could figure a way to bury some money in Brandon Ayuk and, and figure out where this leaves you for the future. But to me, there's a lot of questions about not only, you know, the offensive, not only the skill players, but all over this roster. And so I think it's difficult. And look, if you're Brandon Ayuk, I don't blame you for wanting to get a deal now. And the reason, or, or, or at the absolute latest, you know, next off season, I don't blame you. And here's the reason why. Because if you look at most great receivers, they get one payday. That's it. You get one chance to strike while the iron is hot. How will he feel about would 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 he be willing to uh, not get everything that maybe he feels he deserves this coming year and really try to make one great rock solid run with this core plus adding some help on the offensive line? Would he be willing to do that this year? I think you have to have that conversation with him. I think it's not something that right now, today, we can know the answer to. How rare would that be to have a player enter the fifth year like that, especially in light of what we saw happen to Dre Greenlaw, who wasn't contractually in that spot, but watching his career come to a screeching halt in such an odd fashion? The thing about the Dre Greenlaw thing is I feel sick for him, just totally sick. And again, look, Dre Greenlaw, in my opinion, uh, if I were the 49ers, I would try to aggressively sign him and keep him because I just think, you know, did you guys happen to see, there was a lot of really good uh, NFL films wiring uh, in this game, and one of them was Patrick Mahomes on the sidelines. I think it was after their second series, and he was, and and it was at, it was Dre Greenlaw just attacking, and, and 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 being the lead dog on this field. And Mahomes goes to the sidelines, and he said, "Hey, hey, they got more intensity than us. They got more intensity than us. We got to." Come on, we got to ratchet up the intensity. Let's go, let's go. And it was all Dre Greenlaw. And look, I know him a little bit, and I know how earnest he is. I know how much he loves this game. Uh, I just, I think he is an absolutely terrific player and a great guy and a great guy to have on your team. And I just hope for his sake. Because, look, the way Achilles' injuries are now, there's no reason, and I look, it's ridiculous to say this, uh, but I, it's very possible that an aggressive rehab program for Dre Greenlaw could have him ready to play football in September. I don't know. But, but I do think, I understand your question about Greenlaw, and I understand your question if you're talking about Brandon Ayuk. Because he might think, hey, look, there but for the grace of God go I. But that's why I think you have to ask the question. you got to let everything calm down a bit. Maybe the first week of March, yeah, you know, John Lynch and, and, and Ayuk or Kyle and Ayuk or the agent get involved, and you just have a discussion. And you say, okay, let's talk about where we are. Here's what we think. What do you think? And that's why. That's how I think they probably will and probably should handle it. 
Uh, Peter King with us. Peter, I don't use the word scapegoat with the whole Steve Wilkes thing because I feel like there was a lot going on all year long, not blaming yes. him for the Super Bowl. Well, I'd love to hear you talk about that. What do you know about what was going on with, with that relationship all year long? Steve Wilkes was asked to come in and to coach a scheme that existed before he got there and that he had not coached before. And he tried. He tried his best. There was some friction, obviously, uh, you know, between Wilkes and most likely with the players. Um, and I, I know that sounds a little bit contradictory, but I'm not there on the ground. I just know what I heard in the last couple of weeks. And so I'm not saying that it is a, it's a terrible look, obviously, because this was uh, not a great defense this year, but this defense had some really great moments. And this defense mostly played very well in the Super Bowl. Mostly, mostly, not all together. But I just think at some point, a coach is paid to make painful and unpopular decisions. Now, they're probably more unpopular in the general public than they are inside his own locker room because you haven't heard very much, even off the record, from people saying, man, I'll tell you what, uh, that Steve Wilkes got a bad deal. And again, look, it's unfortunate all the way around. But at the end of the day, Kyle Shanahan did something painful that obviously is going to make him take a lot of slings and arrows. But I think he did what he thought was best for the team. This had nothing to do with scapegoating Steve Wilkes. This had everything to do with trying to put someone in place who is better suited to coach this team at this time with this defense than Steve Wilkes was. And you think about that next person, are you imagining that they go with somebody inside the system, or does he try to reach out for maybe a higher-profile head coach, former head coach, Vrabel, Carroll, Bill Belichick, bring in somebody with a little gravitas to maybe try to shore things up on a number of fronts? Well, about two weeks ago, somebody told me who knows Belichick, and look, maybe things change because he's sitting out there unemployed now and he knows that all he's going to do is have a soft job in the media and who knows whether he'll ever have another chance. But I had heard that Belichick absolutely did not want to be a coordinator. Now, maybe times have changed. Can you imagine if Bill Belichick at age 72 comes in, makes all the difference with the Niners, forms a partnership, a bond with Bosa, with Warner, with Armstead, and basically they get this franchise over the top, and it leads for him to be the head coach of Team X next year. It would be one of the coolest stories, maybe one of the coolest stories in NFL history. I mean, to me, how great would it be? But again a guy actually is going to have to want to do that. I think I think a little bit, just a little bit of an interesting candidate would be Pete Carroll. And again, I have no idea if Pete would want to do it. Um, you know, it's an interesting thing because it's basically a defense that he is extraordinarily familiar with. And so, I don't know, those are interesting things, but... I would have to know a little bit, which I don't know right now, of what exactly is going through Kyle Shanahan's mind as he's doing this. And I'm telling you, okay, like remember a couple of weeks ago we were talking about the fact that Kyle Shanahan legitimately did reach out to Tom Brady and, uh, you know, wanted him to come in last off season to see if he would come out of retirement and, uh, you know, play for the 49ers this year. So 
and and look, Kyle wasn't volunteering that information. And probably nobody would have asked the way I asked him on that drive to work a couple of weeks ago. Nobody would have asked if Brock Purdy didn't volunteer the information uh, to Nick Wagner um, before the end of the season. But, but again, again, and that's why I think I would not be shocked at all if Kyle Shanahan had picked up the phone and asked Belichick, hey, is this something you want to consider? Or to ask Pete Carroll, is this something you want to consider? I, you know, again, I don't know that that happened, but a lot of things happen behind closed doors that we don't know until someone spills the beans about it. Peter, uh, I've loved your work on Brock Purdy all year long um, because I think it's avoided the whole snap reaction like uh, don't win, quarterback bad kind of stuff. And yeah, Right? Yeah. I think there's there was more of it in, in this most recent article. So I uh-huh. want to ask you, I know you don't need to know this yet. It's still a year away. But where are you? Where do you think the Niners are on the idea of Brock Purdy being paid something that's near the top of the market with, with regard to the quarterback position. I think you got to see what happens this season. And I doubt sincerely that it's going to vary from what we've seen so far. I think what we've seen so far is remarkable, absolutely remarkable. And, and you know what? Can I, 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 I got to tell you guys a story. Okay. So I was the pool reporter. We may have talked about this last time. I forget. But I was the pool reporter covering the Kansas City Chiefs practices at the Super Bowl. And what that means is that the Pro Football Writers assigns one of its members to watch practice and to write a very fact and figure no color, no anything, report about what, what was seen at practice that day. All right? On this particular day, on Wednesday, Wednesday I'm out at practice. I've known Tony Romo forever, and I walked up to him, and he goes, Hey, Peter, how you doing? How you doing? You know, back and forth. And so we started talking. We talked for half hour at least. And one of the topics that came up was about Brock Purdy. And first of all, Tony Romo absolutely loves Brock Purdy. And one of the things that he loves about him is the simple fact that uh, nothing, nothing, Nothing bothers him. And he said, but I will only say this. You, there is only one Super Bowl. You just simply do not know how you're going to react when you're standing there on the sidelines, you're about to start this game, and all of a sudden you've got no saliva. You know, <laughs> you can't, you're, you're all dry, you're, you're tight. You're you're saying, oh my God, the flyover, the this, the that, the Reba McIntyre, the hundred and twenty million, all that, yeah, all this stuff hits you. And he goes, it's going to hit him. It hits everybody. So I'm thinking that watching this game as the game starts. And what happened as the game starts? Brock Purdy started eight out of nine. Yeah, slinging it. And he was playing great. And all I thought of at that time is, okay, I've got another answer about Brock Purdy. And again, look, let's see what happens in 17 games next year. Let's see how he does. Let's see how far he can take this team. But this is just my opinion. You know, Kyle Shanahan is the guy who wanted to trade three ones to move up for Trey Lance. Okay, a guy who, you know, as I wrote in my column a couple of weeks ago, has thrown fewer passes in the last seven years than Patrick Mahomes threw this year. And and so he chose to do that. And so what I'm saying is Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are not going to be thinking, ooh, last pick in the draft, can't pay him $50 million. Let me ask you this. Is there any reason whatsoever why you think that money might change brock purdy i sure don't think so no no definitely not uh that's great stuff great stuff peter thank you so much as always and we're so glad uh, above all that you're feeling better yeah 
Hey, thanks a lot. And hey, one last thing. Yeah. I really appreciate you guys reaching out when I wasn't feeling well and wishing me well. And you guys are great guys, and I appreciate it. Uh, You bet, Peter. Peter. We appreciate everything that you do here uh, uh, during the football season. So thank you so much. Take care, guys. Bye. Okay. All right. There it is. Warm fuzzies. Yeah. uh, To and from Peter King. Uh, in his conversation with us today, that uh, that covered a lot, covered a lot. The Brandon Ayuk situation, the Steve Wilkes stuff, I, I, I thought is really interesting. But to kind of circle back to where we've spent a good chunk of today, the the Ayuk situation, I know it. it, it I wouldn't ask for fans to go deeper than what I think most people do, which is just like, I want Ayuk on the team. Yeah. Um, but if it means you're going to lose someone else, okay, let me stop and think about that. I just think it boils down to this. It does mean that, but not yet. But not yet. And and Brandon can play hardball if he wants, but spoiler alert, is not going to go well for him. It, and they usually don't play hardball. Yeah, it's not going to go well for him. And this is February. You've got a long way to go until real decisions have to be made. The new league year, I think, starts in the middle of March. So you got three weeks of still this past year before you get to the new year. And they're going to do right by Brandon Ayuk, I believe. They'll either give him an extension or they're going to trade him. They're not going to mm. keep him and not extend him. They've been very clear with their approach to players. If they draft you and you're an A-lister, then they sign you and they keep you. The only one they didn't was DeForest Buckner, and that was a unique situation where he probably wanted more than they wanted to give. and so That's definitely they, true. And they wound up moving off of him as a result. I don't think that Brandon Ayuk is going to fall in the same category. I could be wrong. The Debo Samuel blueprint is a good one if you're Brandon Ayuk. Debo... You know, kind of folded his arms and made a little bit of noise, back channeled it, and then eventually they took care of him. Yeah. Nick Bosa got taken care of. So, you know, for the most part, players that they like and they like Brandon Ayuk, well, they sign and they keep. Yeah, you're right. But here's the thing they will feel like they're taking care of him. But does he agree? Like, there is a number. There's absolutely a number that gets Brandon traded. I don't know what Brandon thinks he's worth. I don't know what Brandon is going to demand. It's kind of a fun exercise, I think, to go through um, the whole idea of the top paid receivers in the game. Remember I said there are 13 of them that make $20 million or more. Right. And you can roll through there and ask yourself at each level, is this player worth it to the team that has him at that number. I like it. You're going to get a complete mixed bag. Time to play. Is he worth, worth it? it? Okay, Ty- I like it. Tyreek Hill, $30 million. Worth it. Devontae Adams to the Raiders, 28 It's an interesting one. I'm going to say worth it. You are? Well, just because like going into this year with a coach that just got re-signed and the Raiders with newfound hope, he had a little bit of a down year, Well, and they don't have really a quarterback. So I mean, what do you have, 11 touchdowns last that's year? That's the point. Uh, Devontae had uh, eight, eight, and he had 1,144 yards. It's passable, Yep, but he's a better player than that. He is. $28 million when Aiden O'Connell or we don't know is our quarterback is not that's not a good allocation of funds. Nobody's worth it, I think, because if you had a better quarterback, his numbers would be better. He but, had Jimmy Garoppolo don't. and Aiden O'Connell. But you don't, and, and when will you? Maybe this year. Is it going to be the during, offseason. during his time there? Kirk Cousins, possible free agent, could you know, land there. Um, it could. Cooper Cup. Number three, Rams, $26.7 million. Worth it. See, I disagree. Could, with the emergence of Puka Nakua? Yeah, you've got another player who can play the role of the number one, and Cooper is hurt constantly. He's yeah, constantly this year he missed injured. a bunch of games. And last year, too. Yep. Um, A.J. Brown is number four, $25 million. He's worth it. I think so, but he's a pain in the rear. Yeah. Right? I mean... Um, and and that probably goes for this next one too. Stefan Diggs, twenty four million is number five. I'd say he's not worth it. I wonder what they're going to do with him. Yeah, uh, tied with him at number five is DK Metcalf of the Seattle Seahawks. Another guy who's a little bit of a pain in the rear. Well, I don't know. I mean, he's a pain in the rear to the Niners. I don't know if he is to the. Well, Seahawks. the Niners got him. They got his they goat. Got and he got totally. ejected. Yeah, I think he's worth it. He's an absolute monster. 
Um, but again, like if you think like if you're just thinking about it, like are they good? Well, yeah, they're good. But it, what, what what's the team doing? What what what's happening? Well, there? what does Seattle do if they don't have him? This is probably the same thing that they did do. Yeah. You Which know, is be a fringe playoff narrow, team. Narrowly miss the playoffs. Debo is number seven. That's number seven. Twenty three point eight five. Yeah, I don't think he's worth it. <laughs> I'm I'm being honest. Mark. Oh really? I'm being honest. Oh, yeah. you're kidding. But no, the injury. That's the first guy on the whole list of seven. No, no, no. no Stephon say... Diggs. I okay. didn't think it was worth it. And you make a good case about Cooper Cup and Devontae Adams. Yeah, those guys are worth more to their team than Debo is to the Niners. If you have Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I mean Debo misses games, and Sheesh. I think Christian McCaffrey duplicates a lot of the stuff that Debo does. I think so. Take. Interesting take. Number eight is Terry McLaurin of the Washington Commanders, twenty three point two. Oh yeah, he's worth it. Yeah, you and I see this differently. Yeah, if you don't have a quarterback, I'm not paying a receiver. Period. See, I see it the other way. If you don't have a quarterback, you got to pay the receiver. Because what do you have if you don't have a receiver? You've got nothing. What do you have if you do? They paid him twenty three point two. They went. They won three games. Right. They're terrible. So just don't pay anybody. Well, no. You got to do it in the right order. Well, don't, you tried to in, get a quarterback. Don't bring in Devonte Adams if you're like, yeah, we're not. We're gonna get. Well, rid they of, had Jimmy Garoppolo. We're gonna get rid of Derek Carr, and we don't know what we're gonna do after that. Well, a lot of these organizations are just broken. And that's just going to be the way they do business. Um, the other players who make twenty million or more, uh, and they all make about twenty. DJ Moore of the Bears, Keenan Allen, and Mike Williams of the Chargers. Yeah, wow. Amari Cooper of the Browns and Chris Godwin of the Bucks. Bit of a mixed bag. Chris Godwin's not even your number one receiver, right? I like DJ Moore in Chicago. I do too. I think that he's worth it. Keenan Allen should be worth it, but he had a big injury season this and, year. And so Mike Williams always does, too. Right. Always does, too. Amari Cooper had a nice year. But I don't know. The whole point of the exercise is to sort of, like, look at that position and does it equal winning. And Right. You know what I mean? Like, n- nobody would answer this question incorrectly. If you had to pick one, good quarterback and middling receivers – or middling quarterback and great receivers. What would you pick? You would take the good quarterback. Of course. Of course. Of the 13 receivers you just named who make 20 or more, seven of those teams, seven of the 13 were playoff teams, which is an interesting way to look at it. Yep. And even at that, the Rams were barely got in and you know, Tampa Bay only got in because they're in a weak division. Cleveland got in on the strength of their defense, so the exercise is a good one. And if you're Brandon Ayuk and you look at this very list, and I'm sure he and his agent have, you're thinking, "Well, I'm better than DJ Moore and, T- and Terry McLaurin." And mm, well, debatable. I think debatable. he's he's looking at this neighborhood and he's saying, "I got to be in this neighborhood." Right, but I mean, if, if DJ Moore and Terry McLaurin are Niners, they're putting up 1,300 yards. DJ Moore might have done that anyway. Right, he might have done that with. Justin Fields and and people named Tyler or who whoever what was that guy who was that dude ba- was it Badget ba- yeah Badgy like something uh, something Tyson Badget that's it Tyson Badgent like what? Badgent what and what did he end up with Let me get this here What did uh, What did DJ Moore end up with Thirteen sixty four He's one spot ahead of Brandon Ayuk. With who at quarterback? Right. And no second receiver. So if I'm Brandon Ayuk, I'm looking at where Debo lives, 23.8, and I'm thinking, I want what Debo's got and maybe a touch more. And that's, you know, (laughs) if I'm Brandon Ayuk, that's the way I would look at it. I'm more, not that you want to pit teammate against teammate, but he had a better year and he's more, he's more available. Real quick, you think Brandon should be on that list? Yes or no? Yes. Yeah. In terms of twenty million or more, yeah, is he, does he belong on that list? Absolutely, yeah, he probably does. He probably does, but oof, yeah, that 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 makes it tough. Um, all right, uh, more coming up, and we promised that Barkley sound. We'll play that for you here in just a second on Willard and Dibs. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. 
Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Sorry about my dog. Hey, cut it up. Now, back to Willard and Dibs on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, are we, uh, so is Steve Kerr tomorrow, or is it just the all-star break and nobody knows? Is that, just be honest, is that what it is? It's the all-star break, nobody knows. It's a great question. I, I still think. Steve, did we lose you? I, <laughs> I think that that is one of the better on-air flexes I've ever heard. When Steve Kerr. Sorry about my dog. Hey, cut it up. I, it's so calm. I've never heard. Anyone talk to a dog that way in my life? This guy's a four-time NBA champ as a coach. Like, He's coached before. Sorry about my dog. Hey, cut it out. And then we never heard from And the, the dog, dog cut again. it out. Yeah. Sorry about my dog. Hey, cut it out. <laughs> That's the last time that even, dog barked. I don't even talk to my kids that calmly, let alone the dog. The dog? Hey, cut it out. <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> Steve Kerr is a Jedi. He is Yoda on a basketball court. Hey, cut it out, dog. All right. Pretty good. Back to the interview. Yeah. And uh, what? That dog just slinked over onto his little dog bed and lay down. If you knew what was good for him, done. Um, I want to promote this now so that we're not doing it right at the end. Warriors Roundtable is coming up at the top of the hour. That would be uh, none other than Kevin Dana. Gucci! And Gary St. Jean. Um, I don't even know if you've got access to this, Mark. Maybe you can before we, in the in the 10 minutes that we've got left. Oh, he's got access to it. I know right well, where you're going. I was driving around yesterday, and Shasky's on with FP, and they have Dana on. But in order to, like, sort of the primer to have him on, they played a couple of his clips oh. when he filled in for Tim the other night, and they are some of the most tickling play-by-play calls I've ever heard. A little too laid back for my taste. I mean, it's not, <laughs> not it's it's one thing that they're good. It's another thing when you get to the end of a call and you physically cannot stop the joy and the laughter from coming out of your belly. Do you guys remember the uh, Steph Curry to Jonathan Kaminga half-court alley-oop? Yes. You want to hear it? I oh, do. Here so it is. Badly. Draymond Green steals a pass inside. It's a lob from Steph to Kaminga! Oh, he threw it from just in front of half court, and Kaminga's in double figures for the 33rd straight game. I mean, okay, do you have do you have the GP2 putback dunk? Like, Dana is finishing these with like his own belly laughter. Oh, like, it's just so funny. I mean, funny. he's got like an evil laugh. Kaminga! At the end. It's just, it's so, it is so enjoyable. Oh, it's great. I mean, Look, it, yeah. let's hear the GP2. Dunk. Give me the Here GP2. Sexton, chest pass left wing, Clarkson throws it too far in front of Markinen, taken away by Draymond. Three on two for Golden State. For Clay, for three. No good. Tip jam! GP2 for two. He's, it's the best. He sounds like oh, the narrator oh from uh, The Grinch oh, Stole Christmas. GP two for two. Tip jam. <laughs> Dude, I love stuff like that. Uh, um, my boy, my uh, who we've had on a bunch of times, John Bloom, who's the voice of the Phoenix Suns. It, he experiments with rap lyrics within the call. Like he'll be like, "I'm gonna." 
try to dip this and it, it, it dude it's brilliant and then they put videos together after the fact with the actual track nice dude i love it when announcers dude just get loose have fun with it when tim roy remember when he had the curry gasm last week that we talked about yes i love that stuff I love that stuff. Once again, here in the Bay Area, we're just, we're blessed. We're blessed. We're- Thank you. Just give me it. Oh, yeah. Give it to me. For sure. I love it. Let it fly. He just has a curry gasm. <laughs> yeah. He does. Oh, it's so fun. So, anyway, um, I hope Dan is listening because he's getting ready. And, uh, dude, you're, dude, you're awesome. You're awesome. And so, Warriors Roundtable's coming up in uh, in 10 minutes. Looking forward to it. It's always <laughs> nice to uh, catch that on the drive home. And, uh, hey, Kev, just hearing Gary, because I don't know how well you know yeah. the saintly one. Of course. I mean, but he just, even I know if you Warriors Roundtable very well. But even yes. if you don't know Saint, he makes it feel like you know him, like he's your best friend. Just that that well, easy demeanor he has. I know that you always sort of paint a picture that he's like your you know your uncle who talks right. basketball. He literally sounds like one of my uncles. Like when I'm listening to hey, Gary Sinjin, I'm like Lynn. Right? Is, is that you? Um, it's fantastic. So anyway, Wars Roundtable is coming up here. We promise this. Um, Draymond uh, Green, downer. Yeah, Draymond Green, Charles Barkley. Speaking of yucking it up. Hey, Reggie, we love you. Let's not have another All-Star in Indiana. Let's let this be the last one, my friend. Come on, man. Was it the snow, You spent enough time here, Reggie. You don't need to come back for All-Star. Was it the minus, uh, you know, the 17 degrees? Hey, 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 Reggie. Yes? If you had a a chance of being cold or being around a bunch of homeless crooks in San Francisco, when you... Oh, oh, that's crazy. No, we don't. <laughs> yes, we do. You can't even walk around down yes, there. Yes, you can walk around. Yeah, with a bulletproof bag. That's your current. You live in Philadelphia, Chuck. I live in Arizona. That microphone that says cough. Just hold that. Yeah, so, um, again, Draymond started it, took a shot at Indianapolis. That's um, not Charles's fight, though. No, exactly. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to talk. I need the attention, guys, because you're not talking to me right now. It's pathetic. Just butt out. Reggie and Draymond were having a little fun back and forth, and Charles had to, hold on, hold on, hold on. I need to be involved in this. That's the part about it that makes me wow. maybe the second most angry. It just, it just, it guts me. It guts me um, because um, nobody is going to tell you that San Francisco isn't experiencing problems. I don't know many cities right now that aren't. Um, that I know is a repetitive point, but it's a true one. And, uh, and you and I, in four minutes, are going to make our way to our cars, and we, we will do so without bulletproof vests. And I, right. I feel very confident that everything is, is going to be fine. And the fact that he assailed, quote, homeless crooks. Homeless I don't crooks. know how many crimes are committed by homeless people here in San Francisco. I don't know if there is data. No, not many. And then he's talking about bulletproof vests and... Yes, shootings occur here in the city, but this is not, like, shootings are not the biggest problem that San Francisco has. So Chuck's just shooting off his mouth, pun intended, to try to get involved in a conversation that wasn't really about him. Well, and I want to give a shout-out to Draymond, because it may not see, seem like much, but but in the end, uh, rather than getting into the very common and usually enjoyable TNT yuck fest, instead of doing that, he, you know, try to fight back. He, I mean, he's like, yes, you can. Like, what are you, what are you talking about? So, it's the only reason we bring it up is because we've got microphones, and I'm going to do my part to continue to uh, to fight back on this every single step of the way, and and break down these narratives, uh, like all that have tiny shreds, pieces, shrapnel of truth in them, but uh, nowhere near covering the entire thing whatsoever and therefore much more false than true and when something is mostly false or partially false i find it to be false right and i find it to be offensive and reckless when you are a person who's got a platform and you've got influence there's responsibilities to that which is why you and i take our responsibilities of having these microphones as seriously as we need to We try not to cast aspersions on people or societies and make generalizations based on things that we don't know. That would be reckless. Not as reckless as what Barkley did. And, 
you know, it takes Charles Barkley to make Draymond Green look measured yeah. and uh, mature. Yeah. So um, good on you, Draymond. Yeah, and I'd also like to give a shout-out to Jorge Soler, who chose to come to the San Francisco Bay Area for the next three years of his career. And I'm being told that when he comes to the plate, he'll have the usual elbow guard, shin guard, and a bulletproof vest. <laughs> no, but a bat. Ah! A bat. That's what I meant. A bat. Yeah. Um, all right, man. Kevin, Dan, and Gary St. Jean in a full hour of Warriors Roundtable. <laughs> Dance. Really, really good. And uh, I'm already ready for the All Star break to be over. We got 48 hours more to go before we're going to uh, we're going to get a uh, a basketball game with uh, with the Lakers in town here in a couple of days. Lakers on them. It was a good way to start the second half. Great way to start. Really good way to start the second half. And then uh, it's back to back. It's three games in four nights at Chase Center Thursday, Friday, and Sunday. So yes, indeed, we will be all over that. Uh, do you want to do it again tomorrow? Big time. Okay, let's do it again tomorrow. Coming up in the game is brought to you by Fremont Bank, full service banking, no compromises. It is Warriors Roundtable. Here come Kevin Dan and Gary St. Jean to take you for a full hour all the way up until 7 o'clock. For Dibs, for Grandy, for Lucas, I'm Mark. We invite you to shoot your shot because it is all you got. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com.